This is episode 244 of the 200 Churches Podcast. We're called to, I think, live among them. Jesus talks about the shepherd cares about the sheep, and that's how you know he's the shepherd and not just the hired hand. I think when it gets right down to it, and maybe I, I don't even know if we can say any more than, but to lead our people means that we lovingly live among them. We take the hits that they take. We share the bruises, but we share the joys and the celebrations. We're in community along with them, and and we have to be open to that, because if we're not, then we're probably not where we're supposed to be. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a fresh episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who, like you, serve in the trenches of small church ministry, the Walmart and Target of ministry ministry podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady. I'm here in the opulent and luxurious 200 Churches Podcast mobile sound studio. Without Johnny right now, Johnny is about to join us. In fact, I'm going to step out of the way and Johnny is going to talk to Pastor Scott Dalen, a Lutheran pastor here in the Midwest. Scott's been on our podcast a couple of times. It just is a really really sharp young pastor. Both he and Johnny are in their early 30s. And Scott and Johnny talk about how to lead yourself first as a pastor before leading your church. Uh, They get into all kinds of different aspects of pastoral ministry and our personal lives as we invest ourselves in the ministry. And uh, they, they actually, they get themselves into trouble here and there. But Thankfully, I'm here to edit our podcasts and to to clean things up to make people sound actually smarter, uh, better, more gracious than they actually are in real life. And so, Johnny and Scott, this is a great episode, uh, and I'm excited for you to hear it. Uh, Hopefully, next week, Johnny and I will be recording together in the same studio Uh, I am just unboxing my podcast equipment. In fact, I unboxed some of it tonight, but really I'm not able to use any of it for this particular recording. Uh, You know, I could find everything except for my sound recorder. And without the sound recorder, you're kind of dead in the water. So I'm simply using my MacBook Pro tonight. Uh, But hopefully next week we'll be on together. We've got some great episodes lined up for you through the rest of the fall as we move into what will, in January, complete five years of podcasting in this 200 Churches podcast. Five years in January of uh, 2018. That's really exciting. And we are lining up some fantastic guests And we do this to encourage you as a pastor of a small church. It's a pastor of an ordinary-sized church, a normal church, a church of around 200, you know, give or take 100 or two, because small churches cover the landscape of the earth. Small churches are in every country. Uh, There is a small church in every, I would say, virtually every community in America Uh, And small churches are doing kingdom work. They're doing the work of the body of Christ in the world and in the communities where they are. So if you're pastoring a small church, men and women uh, who are pastoring small churches, we just want to encourage you. We want to encourage, affirm, inspire, educate, and support you in the ministry you're doing. We're not going to preach to you about how your church should grow and how you're a failure if it doesn't. 
But we're going to encourage you to have a healthy church, a church that's marked by love and a commitment to the kingdom principles of the king, Jesus. So Scott Dalen and Johnny Craig, uh, this is a great episode with both of them. And let's get right to it. Scott Dalen, finally, you and I get to record a podcast without the elephant in the room. Indeed, the elephant is in a different room. Wait a minute. Are we calling Jeff an elephant? You know, now that it's come out of my mouth, I feel a little bad about it. But yeah, I guess I am. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but yes, I, here we are. Here we <laughs> are. together. <laughs> across, as I like to say now, across the digital desk. You're in your across. office. I'm in my office. It's But it sounds great. Yeah. We're both sitting in our respective offices, which is a, a common place for pastors to be. And yes. yet we're, we're conversing across the digital desk. I like that. Across the digital desk. Let's run with that. That's a great way of putting it. Scott and I beforehand were comparing knickknacks from our grandparents which Indeed, i just want to say does anybody do any other pastors out there have a knickknack from their grandparents in their office something that was important maybe as a child you saw it in your grandparents house or something and now it's been passed on to you i have a couple i have several things and you showed me a pretty dope hammer actually yes yes i did a mallet which has actually been featured in at least one if not several children's sermons when uh it's it's sunday morning and i'm like oh i have to do a children's sermon what am i going to talk about and I'll talk about my grandpa because, you know, generational ministry is a wonderful thing. And That's it works out well. <laughs> I like that. And, Scott, you have a picture of Jesus. I do. I, I do. don't. And, which, and now I feel real stupid about my office. Well, now I'm going to have to condemn you just a little bit for that, John. I have a cross you are and a, a dove. Pastor. It's the Holy oh, Spirit. I have a picture of the Holy Spirit. So Okay, I'll give you that. Then you have um, at least one member of the Trinity is, is present and accounted for. So, yes, I guess that will be acceptable. I mean, it's not Jesus who is known as the Christ, which is what we named our religion after. That's but, a good you know, point. That's uh, a good point. Uh, if, if we, we could be the Dubians, I suppose, but that sounds like a heresy. It does sound like a heresy. <laughs> I also have a picture of Wrigley Field, which is, you know, that's godlike. Um, well, but, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I've got golf course, so, you know. <laughs> well, it, there's only little heresies around. So, Scott, you were gracious enough to hang out today, and I appreciate that. That's, uh, you're a man among men, Scott. You really are. And you're a gentleman and a scholar, if I can say that. Well, you can, you can say that, and now I am sitting here wondering what a man among men means when What's I'm in a room a by myself. God. A man among <laughs> men. <clears throat> All right. So the topic du jour, the, the special of the day, my friend, is leading yourself before you can lead your church. Now, Jeff and I were talking about this, and uh, I said, Full disclosure, okay? I said these words to him. I'm not sure I'm qualified to speak on this subject, okay? What, what I will be speaking out of is my attempts at this, my knowledge that this is important, and m maybe even my failures. But I certainly will not be coming at this from the perspective of, hey, hey, I figured, I'm coming off the mountain here, man. I figured it all out. So how about you, man? Is this something that you feel acutely? Yes, I think it, this is a great, great topic, and and actually it's pretty fitting uh, for the 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 type of mindset that I found myself in uh, just as of late. And and this is also interesting. You know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording that that this has kind of been in the back of my mind for the last few weeks since you guys interviewed uh, Todd Bolsinger. I think I pronounced that right. Yes. Uh, about his book, Canoeing the Mountains, and. Um, just where I'm at in my congregation right now, we've kind of been going through um, a period of some visioning and some long range planning and, and some potential uh, changes that have come around with that. 
And uh, as as a guy who's still in my first call, you know, I've been at this for a little over four years now, but um, but at times kind of wondering, well, okay, how how am I leading through this um, and learning as I go? Um, how can I really be self-aware and lead myself through that process of, of discovery along with my congregation, yeah. but recognizing that I've got to, I've got to be leading myself through that before I can really lead that. So this, I think this idea of leading yourself before you can lead your church is like, it's, um, it's a it's a church slogan almost right like you go to catalyst conference and some some guy whose church just grew from 50 to 5000 in 2 weeks is going to yell this at you right and he's probably got bedazzled pants or something but like this is like a slogan that people throw around you got to lead yourself before you can lead your church but there's there's i mean this is the truth um and it, it makes a great bumper sticker but when you really dig down into it it's it's actually a lived out reality if you had to if you had to a meeting and you're trying to figure things out, long-term vision for your church, but you yourself don't don't have any sort of sense about who you are or where you've been or where you're going. You've never taken the time to reflect, right, personally on those things. You're you're without a paddle, man. I mean, really, aren't you? Exactly, exactly. And you know, as we're sitting here talking, I'm remembering back to the last time that that I was on the podcast, which is I don't know, been a year or so ago. Yeah. And you and you and I were talking mainly Jeff was there, but we were talking about some of the frustrations that we have as young pastors or as, as first call pastors, as the case may be. And one of the things that we talked about is this visioning idea yeah. and that at times it feels like maybe we don't know exactly what that means or we don't know how to uh, to go after that or, or lead through that process. And that can be frustrating for us as individuals. And it can be frustrating for the congregations that we're leading, and it can just all around be frustrating. But maybe one of the things that I've just learned over the last year, now having gone through it, or still being in the midst of it in a lot of ways, is that there is no manual. And as much as that, that to, to have the bumper sticker slogans, as yeah. you put it here a moment ago, yeah. um, that, that really when it gets down to it is there is no manual. And every situation is different. Every leader is different. Every congregation is different. And so while there may be trends, um, a lot of it really comes down to, I think, self-awareness on the part of the leader and having their eyes open to the situation that they're finding themselves in with their congregation or yeah. that they're hoping to help lead their congregation through. Yeah. When I think about this idea of leading yourself, I think of it in a lot of different ways. Um, one way is just physically, if that makes sense, right? Like disciplined living and you're a runner scott so you might this piece is not maybe doesn't even stick out to you because you're like yeah duh <laughs> i run six miles a day <laughs> you know you're a runner but it, that's a piece of discipline right discipline of yourself it is it is and one of the the things that i kind of jotted down to, to think about is knowing yourself yes um being having that self-awareness not only physically but that's part of it just really being aware of who you are aware of what your strengths are just inherent you know we all have strengths that God has blessed us with. We all likewise have limitations that God has not blessed us with. So I think an awareness of those different ideas, those different things that really fall into place for us versus the things that, that we flounder with because they're just yeah. not in our house. But also, you know, along the physical side is making sure that we're caring for ourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally, all of the above. Yes. Um, knowing when it's time to walk out of the office, whether the to-do list is done or not, uh, whether it's time to 
find something mindless to do to to just be in the presence of whatever yep. to, to just be whether it's going for a run like I'll do or something else that's on my to-do list later this afternoon is getting the lawnmower out and putting some tunes in my ears and just being mindless and doing some work for 45 minutes absolutely um, or if it's sitting with a cup of coffee or if it's if it's sitting and blowing off a little steam playing Call of Duty, which I'm known to do every once in a while. <laughs> and, uh, but just knowing yourself and how to care for yourself, because in our congregations, no one's going to do that for you. Right. Um, and especially in a situation in a smaller church, like, like much of, of the 200 churches audience is yeah. where maybe the pastor is, is kind of the only person, you know, they're, they're in a boat similar to what I'm in, you know, not that you know this anymore, Mr. Big time okay. city boy. Yeah. But, okay. uh, <laughs> just knowing that, that no one in the congregation is going to be there to set your schedule for you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think way back, it's funny how our lives shape us to this point. And sometimes it's only in hindsight that we can see how something that really was horrible and not horrible, but that was really rough in the time can, can be a good thing. I, in my younger days or in my former life, I was a golf course guy. I was uh, never the top dog for a course, but I was an assistant superintendent for a golf course. Yet at that time, I was like 23, 24, sure. still really, really young, still pretty inexperienced. And at that time, I really lacked the ability to see what needed to be done and, and just go do it. I really needed to be directed, yeah. oftentimes to the chagrin of my boss. And, and of course, he and I just didn't really mesh very well. And that was a pretty <laughs> short-lived experience. Now, in hindsight, looking back, I've learned from that to yeah. see that, that the importance of, of uh, taking initiative uh, is is there and and that I think is very fitting in this conversation as well as we are looking to lead ourselves we have to be willing to take initiative we have to be mm. willing to where there are opportunities uh, within our congregation with our people let me interrupt you for a second Scott because I want to yeah. I want to before you jump into taking initiative I want to jump backwards um, okay. and talk about this because you said something and it just like set off all the alarms not the alarms but the bells in my brain. You said sometimes you got to walk out of your office without finishing the to-do list. <laughs> the podcast has been a wonderful blessing in my life. And and yet, believe it or not, there's been things said on this podcast that have caused consternation for folks. Um, you wouldn't say it. <laughs> I know. And, and one time, it wasn't even on this podcast. It was back when I was doing the Monday Morning Pastor videos. Uh, I talked about going, just taking a walk, leave, like you're overwhelmed, get out of the office, go take a walk. And there was a fella in our church and he about, uh, flipped his lid man, uh, at the idea that his pastor would go take a walk or take a bike ride in the middle of the work day. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he can't do that at his job and I'm a, you know, what, what, what am I doing? And I'm, well, he didn't like me for a lot of reasons that just became the <laughs> whipped cream on the Sunday. But I, yeah, I'm going to, I'm doubling down here, Scott, I'm with you. I'm going to double down on this and say, you need to take care of yourself. It's, it's exhausting. Sometimes what we're asked to do as pastors, I went and visited a, a, a guy in hospice recently, and I'm still pretty new to that type of thing. And I, it was everything I could do to hold it together. And as soon as I got out and got to the parking lot, man, I just like burst into tears. It was like I was a mess for like the next 10 minutes. Just, I mean, it was just emotionally draining. Now, that might sound stupid. And really, there might be people listening who are like, Johnny, you know, you're an idiot. Get it together, whatever. But that changed the uh, the, the whole tenor of my day after that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yep. That's a, that, it was a, It was a difficult morning. 
in a lot of ways. And yeah, pastors are called in, not always in the happiest of scenarios and situations. And yeah, every once in a while, you do need to take a break and take care of yourself a little bit. You see pastors burn out all the time because they haven't been taking care of themselves. And then we, you know, so anyway, I'm rambling now, but uh, yes, take a walk. Go take a walk. And if somebody gets <laughs> okay, mad go at you for to- going and taking a walk, tell them, you know, Johnny Craig told me to do it. And he's used to people getting mad at him. So that's fine. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about there, a lot of that really, really dovetails into the, the what we were talking about before about knowing yourself. Yes. Um, that, that self-awareness that's, that's so important that uh, um, I had a day like that pretty similar um, just last week as well. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a member who is currently in the hospital have, having had a surgery to remove a brain tumor. Um, and wow. this just la- happened last last Friday. Um, of course, I've known about it for quite a while leading up to it and just kind of sat on it because of the, the request of the family not to share that with the congregation prior to you know a week ago. So sitting with that knowledge and then going into last Friday knowing the surgery is going on. Then when I got the message later on in the day that the surgery had gone well and everything was fine or everything had gone favorably, realized I'd been holding my breath all day. Hmm. And uh, and then I went over a little bit later on and visited and was only there for a brief amount of time, but then stepped out in the hallway and the individual's mother-in-law was there, who's another wonderful member of the congregation. And I sat with her and I kind of lost it in that moment, just realizing, you know, that, that we are called into the lives of these people and what a blessing and yet what a curse. And I don't say that negatively, but uh, the emotional roller coasters that we go through can really take their toll. And that's why we need to be so intentional about that self-care. Absolutely. If you didn't love people, it'd be a lot easier to be a pastor. You know? Exactly. Yep. I often say that being a pastor would be really easy if not for the people. That's right. Oh man. <laughs> See now now I could side now I could get on a rabbit trail and Jeff would have to edit it all out about, you know, at at a certain size of church, right, then the pastor no longer actually is working with people. He's only working or she's only working with staff and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you're just the face. And that's why this is the small church pastor podcast, right? Is because exactly. hey, if you're listening to us guess what? You're in a small church and you love your people, you know, like you visit them in the hospital and you know, you take care of them when they're sick and all that different kind of stuff. And somebody once said to me, if you want to take care of children, right, you have to take care of yourself. And I find that when I am, when I am running low on energy and sleep and I'm frustrated at work and I'm all these different kinds of things, that's when I'm snapping at my kids. That's when I'm mad at my kids and my kids have to tell me, dad, why are you yelling? You know, that's a great feeling when your kid asks you that question. Because uh, I, you know, I, if I'm not taking care of myself and if I'm not leading myself, as we're talking about on this podcast, I can't, I have no hope of taking care of my children or leading my children. So, yeah, yep. self care is huge. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting you bring that up too, that, but that almost kind of dovetails back into what we're talking about that in many ways, uh, at least in my experience, and maybe other pastors feel this way, maybe they don't, but. Uh, we start to think of our congregation as our quote unquote baby or as our kid and, and the people in it likewise. I don't know. I, I say that and it almost just sounds kooky coming out of my mouth, but, <laughs> but yet there's, there's a, I, th- I think there's a nugget of truth there. And, uh, we want to, just as we want to care for our families well, we want to be a good parent. We want to be a good spouse. We want to be a good friend or, or, 
you know, whatever, whatever relationship we're talking about. Uh, we care about the people. We care about the congregation. We put pressure on ourselves to, to lead it well. And I think that for many churches and probably a lot of pastors or church staff in general or, or even congregation members, as we look at the reality of the church in our culture today, it's kind of a, a daunting reality. And I think that's some of what, again, going back to Todd Bolsinger, what he was talking about a few weeks ago on the podcast, that, that we are at a, 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 I don't even know if crossroads is the right word. That's what almost came out of my mouth. But we're sure. at a point where, where uh, to use the Lewis and Clark analogy, we've been paddling up rivers and there are no more rivers. Yeah. So we want to, we want to help our, our congregations deal with that reality and move into an unknown future. And we need to have, uh, I think, the self-awareness to be able to say, I don't know where we're going. Yep. And I said that in a council meeting last week, and uh, you can about imagine what the response was. And I wrote my newsletter article for October today, and I said that in my newsletter ar- <laughs> article. And uh, so I might get run out of here on the rail there in the you next go. month or so. But, um, <laughs> but to be to, to just be aware that that we have been trained in a lot of ways, you know, our seminary degree uh, trains us for how to be in the church 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, and as much as 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 the seminary and the education and the scholarly are all having this conversation and they are and I don't want to say that they're not. Right. We're not really well trained for how to lead the church or be the church not only where we're at right now, but where things are going. Yeah. So yeah, so how do we lead that? And, and that's a darn good question that I really don't have a good answer to. <laughs> well, that's where I think another piece of this leading yourself. So we talked about the self-care and we talked a lot about, you know, emotional, physical. I think there's also this, this need to lead yourself intellectually. Who was I talking to? David Householder. David Householder said on the podcast, you can tell when a pastor retired by the books in his office or something like that. Mm-hmm. And basically the point was, look, if every book in your office is 10 years old, then you retired 10 years ago. <laughs> so like, well, that's cold. So you gotta, you have to be up on the front, up in the, you know, uh, always learning, always growing and leading yourself intellectually and challenging yourself intellectually. I've been listening back to some of our greatest hits this summer, including Walter Brueggemann, and he talked about pastors being students of economics. Oh, my goodness. Well, when Walter Brueggemann says it, first of all, we should be paying attention. But he's so Absolutely. right. Like, right, <laughs> if the church is going to be relevant, then we need to understand what's going on in the world. I think he's right. You have to lead yourself intellectually, always be reading, always be learning, always be moving forward so that you can, yeah, lead where this new challenge is taking us. Yeah. And I think also being aware of what are the maybe what are the questions that society is is asking, or it's probably more so the questions that individuals in society are asking. I heard this recently. I can't even tell you where I, I heard it, if I, I read it or if I heard it in a pastor's text study or, or where, but I know I've bumped across this recently that, that for many, 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 many years, probably generations would be the better way to say it. Uh, the church has operated under the, the guise of answering the question of how do I how do I come back? How do I return? You know, and that, that speaks to the idea of what does repent mean? Well, repent sure. literally means to turn back to. There was this just moral sensibility that the church helps instill in society. And when we lived in Christendom, that was great because everybody shared that. Well, that's no longer our reality. And, and this is not to say that the idea of repentance is not 
important because of course it is. Right. It's part of our, our, our faith. One of the questions that I kind of continue to uh, bump into is, do I belong? And I think that this is a question, especially some of our younger generation that, you know, everyone's struggling to figure out how to reach. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's one of the, the big questions that they are really wrestling with is, yeah. is where do I belong? Yep. Because if I don't belong, I'm not going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so if, if y'all keep using the old hymnal that is older than me, um, I'm not going to be there. Just the idea of an assurance more so of like, instead of shaking your finger like you're bad, you need to come back. It's the assurance that you are already claimed. In, in our baptismal identity is that God has claimed us and that's done. That's that's already passed. Yeah. And and so I, I think that's just one example. But, but I think that, that awareness of, the questions that are going on within our culture, within our communities, and even among the people who are sitting in the pews, um, you know, they don't get paid to sit and think theologically all day like we do. You know, we've got a pretty cushy job. I see you're behind you on your uh, bookshelf. You got all your theological journals and everything. <laughs> I sure else. do. And, 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 and you can kind of see some of the stuff behind me. My main one's over on the other side of the camera. But uh, there are times when I have to remind myself of that as well. I, I need to back up just a little bit. In my early days of pastoring, and I'm still in my early days, but when I when I first was kind of going through seminary and, and just my first couple of years of being a pastor, I really felt blessed that I had lived some life before I became a pastor. And we talked about that on a past episode as well, that I just had that life experience that kind of helped me see some of these things from the same lens that Joe Blow sitting in the pew does. Right. Yet I've noticed in the last year, probably I've kind of become aware that, oh, I've been doing this pastor gig long enough that I think that everybody thinks about this as much as I do or as often as I do. And that's not the case. Right. And, uh, and I, I think, you know, I think we should rename this episode to self-awareness because it keeps coming back to self-awareness. <laughs> well, that's, I, I what's, think, that's what self-leadership is, is self-awareness, right? Like It, re- it really is. And because before, I, I mean, and it just, it's the same theme. Before we can lead them, we need to be aware of what's going on within us, what's going on around us, yep. how we're affecting that. Um, and that's not always a good thing. That can be a bad thing. Recognize maybe those times when we need to step back because we're part of the problem. Well, see, that's where I see when you were saying this ties directly into that episode with Todd Bolsinger. And this is now the third week. Like we had that and then we had Ray Hollenbach and he was talking about that. And now here we are again. I mean, that was like food for thought. But 30 years ago, pastors did not look, I'm not going to say they didn't ask those questions. The questions weren't as pressing, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the answers were obvious, and and quite frankly, you didn't you didn't necessarily need to know what was going on around you because people were still going to show up on Sunday morning. And yeah. uh, uh, see, now I'm a young man, Scott. So when I start thinking about this stuff, then I can start to blame old men like Jeff and uh, his generation. <laughs> And that's oh, not right. Room again. Uh, but, you know, I think, unfortunately, it got to a point where uh, the church, what's the complaint people have about the church? Well, it's disconnected from real life. It's disconnected from reality. Well, you know, where does that complaint come from? It comes from pastors who are not self-aware. They're not aware of themselves. They're not aware of their environments and yeah. who assume that because the church is open, people will show up. Well, yeah, I wish that was true. Um, because I definitely believe that the church has the best thing around in, you know, the gospel, but in the culture that we live in, that's just not the reality anymore. And unless you are on top of it, 
it, it's it's on top of you. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny. I you know I read a lot of articles. Um, sometimes good. Sometimes they make me cringe. Probably because they're good, and I don't want to admit it. And sometimes <laughs> they're just plain bad. Uh, but I've I've heard both sides of that same coin in in stuff that I've read lately. And in some, I hear that to to pastor still means to, to pastor, still means to care for people, still means to faithfully proclaim the gospel, still means to to uh, administer the sacraments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'd but say amen to all that. Oh yeah, and and I think so too. And it's funny. One of the things on my list is trust your training. And yet our training is outdated. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and I see both sides of that. And, uh, you know, on one hand, uh, I think about, we talked some about the pastoral care thing before of, of going and sitting with people. And that's so vital. That's so important that we do that. Um, and people are looking for that, especially in these small churches when there's one person who does it. And that happens to be the person who wears the collar on Sunday mornings. Right. But do we focus on that? And because that's very old school, or at least it sounds very old school. Or or do we, you know, do are we looking for the next big thing? Right. Or are we actually in tune to the needs and the the um, the calling of the spirit that's going on in the communities that we have been called to serve and that we have been called to shepherd. I do come back to that one a lot. That's That's been another thing I keep reading a lot, that we are called to shepherd the flock. Um, what's the shepherd do? Um, well, the shepherd helps them move because sheep are really stupid and will stand in the same place and run out of grass because they've eaten it all. That and, sounds like uh, a church. No, I'm just kidding. Yep. <laughs> was that out loud? Yes, it was. Um, but, but a shepherd will try and protect them from harm, which yes, we do, but you know, we're human too. We're mm-hmm. subject to that same yep. thing. I'm going on a tangent with that. You know, we're called to, to, I think, live among them. And Jesus talks about the shepherd cares about the sheep and that's how you know he's the shepherd and not just the hired hand. I think when it gets right down to it, and maybe I, I don't even know if we can say any more than, but to lead our people means that we lovingly live among them, um, we take the hits that they take. We share the bruises, but we share the joys and the the celebrations. We're in community along with them, and, and we have to be open to that because if we're not, then we're probably not where we're supposed to be. I think you're spot on with that. It sounds very – it does sound old-fashioned. It's not sexy what you're describing at all. There's no leadership conference involved in what you just described, Scott. I don't. I just don't like that. I need my – I need my uh, awesome leadership conferences to be part of what's going on. Yeah, well, but there's okay, truth there, what, right? You I mean, five hundred dollars, and I'll come say it again, and then you can say it was a conference. <laughs> oh my word! Oh, don't get me sidetracked. If Jeff was here, he would make he'd be making me be a good boy and not you know talk bad about all this stuff. But um, presence. That's David Fitch has been on our podcast a lot of times talking about presence. Uh, what does he say? Presence over programs. If the question is how many people can you fit in your building on Sunday morning, you're going to come to different conclusions than if your question is how can people's lives genuinely be changed. And I think that's that. Maybe that's maybe that's another area of self leadership is asking the right questions. Um, yep. Maybe the another area is saying if I want to lead myself before I can lead my church, I need to learn how to ask the right questions. I was just meeting with a guy that I'm. He's like a leadership coach that and he's been kind enough to to invest some time in me and he was he was saying that uh reflective leadership means saying what's important for me to know and what questions are important for me to ask those are the two questions of reflective leadership and he says every situation every meeting every everywhere you go those are the questions that you can ask 
as you head into that. And I think that's a huge part of leading yourself too is asking good questions, asking good questions. Back to the initiative thing. We can pick that back up maybe. That you know, We talked about that earlier, but, but that willingness to take initiative is so important, especially when we are really operating under the vice of being our own boss. Um, yes. Although, ironically, I have a little sign. You can't see it here, but it says my boss is a Jewish carpenter. I really, really, really dig that. Uh, but it's a good reminder, not only like who I serve ultimately, but also that, um, I don't have a supervisor, um, that's, that's in the next office over that's going to direct me and tell me what to work on and tell me what's, what's a good idea and what's not a bad, uh, what, what's a good idea and what's not a bad idea. That sounded really stupid. What's a good idea and what's a bad idea. Um, as that person who's trying to lead, we need to be willing to take the initiative. Um, and one of my flaws, one of my weaknesses, I like to overthink things. I really, when it comes to, you know, trying a new program or trying a new activity or whatever, I want it all mapped out completely 100% in my head, 18 times over in every different contingency, which is really weird because one of my strengths is adaptability. So you wouldn't think that planning stuff like that would yeah. happen. And yet it does. And um, so I have a note that's on my desk that just says, uh, and I, I'm going to get a little cursy here. It says, pull the trigger. Uh, because and Jeff, that, is about, not, Jeff is not going to know what to do with that now, Scott. You have okay, just put well, Jeff into a situation where he he now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm imagining. He's going to have to let me swear. He's or listening to this option. right now. He's listening to it and he's saying, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with Scott? Okay, I look Je- forward to the Jeff. text tonight. Yes, I am laughing at you now, Jeff. <laughs> I'll give you another option, Jeff. I have a note on my desk that says pull the trigger. And it's really at that you don't have to think it all out. You don't have to uh, have it all mapped out with every contingency, with every possibility. Just do it. <laughs> um, just try it. And and that is really, I think, what it gets down to as we're in this new reality, as, as we're, we're going off the map, there is no map We're we're trying to blaze new trails yeah. and some things are going to work and some things aren't, and that's okay. And I do have a, uh, I got a quick story of, of success on that, that I remind myself of this past summer, I had an idea on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I was sitting in my office thinking about how nice beer sounded. And that I was thinking also about conversation and how when you're sitting around having a cold, tasty beverage, cool conversation happens. And so I said, why don't we do that at a campfire um, in the backyard of the parsonage, which is right next door to the church? I said, Friday night, we're going to do this. I said, bring a chair, bring whatever you want to sip on. We'll sit and we'll talk about whatever happens. And I had seven or eight people show up. It wasn't a huge crowd, but sure. it was a decent little crowd. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, I'm like, this was a huge win. And it took zero planning. All it took was me having some firewood. And that idea that I think just that flexibility of, okay, we're going to try this. Did it build relationship? Did it build community? Did did someone's faith grow through that? Even by like being in a group for five minutes? Yeah. Great. That's a win. Can we build on that? Cool. Did that and then on the flip side, did that not work? Okay. Well, let's be aware that okay, that didn't work. Can we learn anything from it and then move on into the next thing? And I think that's just so important for for us as small church leaders, yeah. um, but but not only for us as the leaders, but also to instill in our people, because it's going to take all of us, um, and, and I'm going to throw one of your old phrases back at you, to reach our kingdom potential. <laughs> Ooh, to reach our kingdom potential. Scott, you talk about this note that says, pull the trigger. I had to pull this off the shelf to show you. This is my favorite piece of artwork in my office. It says, less think, more do. I love it. <laughs> 
Some people come into my office and I think they're concerned when they see this. They're like, wait, what? And I'm like, no, nah, that's it, man. We're, we're about doing stuff now, not talking about it and thinking about it. No, my heavens, yep. oh, my stars. Uh, I, work, I work with some people who are planners and preppers and um, teamwork makes the dream work, baby. I am happy for their contributions. But at some point, I always say, hey, let's pull the trigger. Let's, uh, yep. let's, let's thank more do on this bad boy. So, yep. Scott... Any parting shots? Any words of encouragement from one small church pastor to another? Yeah, parting shots are always great. I think probably above all, the best advice that I can offer just comes now from being through or being in the midst of an experience of trying to vision and lead and guide a a group that, well, not just a group, but the whole congregation, but within that, a group that when we started, we flat out said, we don't know what we're doing here. We have a goal in mind, but we're going to muddle our way through. And I was just as much a part of that conversation as they were, that it may be daunting. Oftentimes it is. And there's going to be times we're going to walk out of a meeting like, well, that accomplished absolutely nothing. And I feel like I wasted everyone's time. I just had one of those a couple of weeks ago. But the spirit is still guiding us. Yep. The spirit is still leading uh, leading us, even in the midst of that. And there is always something to learn. There's always something to take away from it, uh, even if it's a frustration and the insight of, okay, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to try something over here. So just, I guess, to all you pastors and, and, or other church leaders or, or church people in general, if you feel like you're floundering, um, maybe you are, but maybe that's okay. And there's still something you can take out of it. So I love stick it. With it. I love talking to my sacramental brothers and sisters because of this deep conviction that the spirit is leading no matter where you are or what you're doing. It's uh, yep. That's a beautiful thing. Not that only people from sacramental backgrounds have that, but that's uh, that always comes out of these conversations, which I appreciate. Well, Scott, uh, I am grateful that you hung out today and uh, and that you spent your, your gorgeous uh, Tuesday afternoon with me and next week jeff and i will be back i think i've got a hospital chaplain lined up so that might be an interesting conversation yeah to see what what he thinks pastors should know about what he's doing at the hospital i think it's gonna be really good so this is where i'll be next week when people catch us on the 200 churches podcast we hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 churches podcast if you haven't already subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guys free pdf download called our seven favorite ministry resources you can count on us to be back next wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you until then may god bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 church And particularly, and that came out weird, particularly, I'm getting some outtakes for you. Um, That's going to trip your trigger too, isn't it, Jeff? It is, isn't it? I haven't mowed the lawn in like two and a half weeks. It's getting really shaggy.
Woo! Awesome. Running and gunning, baby. Indeed, we got there. <laughs>